My name is Tim Gutroni, and welcome to a very special episode of No Time to Bond, where we'll discuss many aspects of Bond, James Bond, from the cultures to the filmmaking, from personal memories and everything in between, to the influence that one of the biggest franchises of all time has had on myself, as well as my guest for today. He's an account manager at Boning Brothers, Inc., a franchise beer wholesaler on Long Island, which services Metro New York for brands like Miller, Guinness, Samuel Adams, Yingling, Brooklyn Brewery, and Montauk Brewing Company. He's a Cicerone certified beer server, which for those of you listening who don't know, means he's not an expert in the botany or chemistry of brewing, but has a firm knowledge in beer styles, food pairing tips, and general terminology. He has made recent appearances on the Blunt Instruments podcast and has a slight obsession with the Sunspell Polo. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, joining us in person for the first time, Kyle Barbeau. Tim, it's nice to be live face to face, like we're actual human beings. Uh, you yeah. know, I get to look at you while we speak, and we're not <laughs> talking to a computer screen. Exactly, it's nice. It's perfect. It's much more conversational. It's a much better uh, forum for beer drinking. Absolutely, <laughs> it is. Yeah, and we actually got to try some of the beers that you're going to be talking about today. We did. Yes. Yeah, we're is... making it all convivial, and uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, which is yeah. perfect. Yes, which is perfect. So, uh, what have you been up to since the last time you were on with us? Oh, geez. Uh, well, I've been on just about every Bond podcast that will have me, mm-hmm. um, and I've been working. This is our busiest time of year. Mm-hmm. Our summertime is generally when people like to drink beer. Of course. Uh, I've been going to quite a few Yankee games, and I've been anxiously anticipating No Time to Die. That's, uh, <laughs> right now, right. That, <laughs> that's what's on my mind right now. I just I can't wait for this movie, and uh, I'm gobbling up news by the day, mm-hmm. and I think... I don't want to jinx it, but I think this is the time. I think so too. Yep. I think so too. I hope so. My fingers are crossed behind my back as yes. I'm right Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, have you taken any Bond esque vacations this summer? Um, I went to Siesta Key early in the summer, which is uh, a, a lovely part of South Florida on mm. the on the Gulf Coast. Nice. And that's about it. Um, generally, I I like to stay on Long Island in the summertime because mm. we have beaches. Right. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave Long Island when the weather is lousy up here, but right now it's nice. Yeah, it is very nice actually. So moving on, uh, I want to quickly, uh, you know, tell the backstory uh, as I usually do uh, as to why Kyle is uh, joining us. And not only just in person, but just again, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, Third during, time's the charm. Exactly. <laughs> and there will be a fourth. There will be a fourth. There yes. will be. We already, we're already gathering material. For yes, we are. Yes, Hopefully we, are. we get to do that face-to-face, too. Oh, yes, we will. Maybe I'll get your dad drunk for that yeah. as well. <laughs> oh, he would, he would absolutely <laughs> love that. That would be fantastic. Um, so during the Operation Phoenix Bond event last year, hosted by uh, David Zaritsky of the Bond Experience, mm-hmm. uh, I brought up a question to Kyle about pairing Bond films with different beers. Uh, This was based on something a close friend of mine was doing with another friend of his at the time, uh, taking a journey through the Bond series one beer or two at a time. So today, Kyle will present part three of his list in our multi-part series, and we will be covering the films of the Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan tenures and the best beer to pair with each of them, as well as Kyle's inspiration behind each choice. Yep. And we've we've had to make a couple of last minute changes. So yeah, that so you told there, me before you came are, over. Yeah, <laughs> there are a few things that we're going to talk about that uh, are not here that mm-hmm. we didn't get to sample. And, right. You know, a few a few changes were made and discovered some new things. Yes. Which uh, actually is kind of fun because I got to expand my knowledge. And, of course. And and try something new. So. 
I think this is uh, this is going to go great. Excellent. So, mm-hmm. Living Daylights. Starting with the Living Daylights. The Living Daylights. All right. The beer that I picked for the Living Daylights is a beer called Pilsner Urkel, mm-hmm. which is made in Pilsen, uh, Czech Republic, mm-hmm. what was once Czechoslovakia, right. where a good chunk of the Living Daylights takes place. Mm-hmm. And this is the original Pilsner. The word Pilsner comes from Pilsen, the town right. in the Czech Republic, where this beer is made. So- mm-hmm. Every Pilsner pale lager style of beer is sort of based on this one. Okay. This is the original Pilsner. And according to their website, nine out of every ten beers produced and consumed today is sort of a, an imitation or a takeoff or an, an inspired by mm-hmm. Pilsner Urkel. It's, it's a very hard beer to replicate. Right. Uh, it's very complicated to brew. Mm-hmm. Noble hops and soft water. This beer, I find it to be rather heavy. Okay. Uh, not, I don't, I don't mean that in terms of like alcohol strength, mm-hmm. but I just, uh, it's, it's almost like eating a whole loaf of bread in one right. sitting. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. It fills you up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think that this is the type of beer that I would grab if I was very, very thirsty. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to drink more than maybe two or three bottles right. tops. But it's a great food beer. It's mm-hmm. good with uh, the steak sandwich that we just had. Yes. Or it's, it's it's really good. I like I like to put this with um, uh, bratwurst and sauerkraut. Mm. Or, you know that that type of food, like German food, right. or Eastern European, Czech food, that right. kind of thing. Mm, that sounds really good. Yeah, it's a it's it's a great beer. Um, it's just a it's a very filling beer. Around four and a half percent alcohol, so mm-hmm. it's not going to get you messed up. Um, and especially since it's so filling, you're not not going to drink more than a couple of them. Right, of course. <laughs> so uh, moving on to License to Kill, which obviously this is a pretty you know easy one. Yeah, License to Kill for me was a layup. I had to go with Budweiser. Of course. Cla- classic American Budweiser. Spe- mm-hmm. License to Kill being a- an American-Mexican production, mm-hmm. I had to go with something that was American. And right. I mean, that is the American beer brand still to this day. Mm-hmm. It's the king of beers. Right. But the the real reason that I picked this one is it's Pam Bouvier's beer of choice. It when is. they're at the Barrelhead Bar. Mm-hmm. With lime. This is what she orders. Yep. She orders a Bud mm-hmm. with a lime, which I don't particularly like. I don't put lime in my beer that mm-hmm. often. But, um, I mean, I, I think most people, most of your listeners, especially American ones, will have tried Budweiser. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, a complicated beer by no. any means. It's a, it's a complicated beer to make. Right. Um, but it's not a complex uh, beer in terms of its flavor. Mm-hmm. It's very crisp and refreshing, but it's very, very light. Right. Very pale. One of the reasons for which is it's brewed with rice in the brewing mm. process, which kind of that kind of gives it its its crispness. Right. If you served this in Germany, they legally could not call it beer because rice is added to it, and hmm. that's considered like an adjunct. Right. But I mean, uh, many American beers and uh, and Asian beers are made with rice just to mm-hmm. give that that crisp flavor. Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. So Bud clocks in five percent alcohol by volume. Um, I mean, I, I really, there's not much that I can say about this beer yeah. <laughs> other than, you know, it, it's, it's one that I think everybody has had at least once in their lives. Exactly. At least every, 
every beer drinking American has yes. had this beer at least <laughs> once in their lives. Exactly. Well, especially uh, around this time of the year in the summer, you know, like they usually do special like Fourth of July type things. Sure. Like yeah, yeah. Yeah, and or around the Super Bowl. Oh, yes, or those mm-hmm. types of sporting events, or, right. you know, baseball, anything like that. And mm-hmm. this, it's it's Americana in a bottle. It uh, is. Which it I know is. I've said I've used that same line about Miller High Life, which is a very similar <laughs> style of beer. Right. Of course. You know, you're you're still talking pale lagers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, iconic American brands. Mm-hmm. This is one of those. Right. Yep. So moving on into the Brazen era, 1995's GoldenEye. Well, what I originally wanted to talk about for GoldenEye, I, I wasn't able to find it. I went looking for it today because mm-hmm. um, some of these beers are beers that my company represents. Mm-hmm. Many of them are not. Right. And I was trying to find a beer called Baltica, okay. which is a Russian beer, and it's actually the largest uh, the second largest brewery in Europe and the largest brewery in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't find it. I, I'm not sure if it's exported to the United States. Hmm. I, I'd, I'd be kind of surprised if it was not. I think that there's enough of a significant Russian population in the U.S. Yeah. that um, it, the the largest Russian beer would be here. Mm-hmm. So, but this is kind of... I. I think Natalia might might drink yeah. this. Uh, it's it's another uh, pale European lager, but I wasn't able to find it, so I switched to a different location mm-hmm. from Goldeneye, and I went with a beer called Medallia Light, which is uh, the Puerto Rican beer. Mm-hmm. It's super light, very sweet, uh, as as one would want in a Puerto Rican climate mm-hmm. when you're when you're speaking about you know a very hot, humid place, yep. you would reach for a beer that's light, refreshing, a little bit sweeter, mm-hmm. not as bitter. Um, kind of, I, I like this term, lawnmower beer. Yeah. It's my own invented <laughs> term, but a day like today mm-hmm. where it's 85 degrees mm-hmm. and you just mowed your lawn and you're sweaty and you're yeah. hot, you're going to reach for a beer like uh, exactly. Medallia Light, Golden Eye. Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. uh, standing in for Cuba, right. sweaty, hot, jungle, swamp, <laughs> medallia light. Yep. <laughs> That's like a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like a commercial. <laughs> you sound like a commercial. <laughs> Save oh, your good. life, this yeah. beer. <laughs> this beer, this cigarette, this beer. Yeah. So, yeah, so you're going to get you're gonna get some sweetness. You're going to get some corn. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty uh, light beer, as we discussed, 98 mm-hmm. calories, three carbs, 4.2% alcohol. Right. So, I mean, this, this unlike uh, Pilsner or Kell, you can have quite a few of them in one sitting. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it kind of, um, I mean, you brought some of these beers with you when you came over today. Yes. Um, so I got to try this one. This is my, probably my favorite. This was your favorite. Of all, of okay. all the ones. And I'm not usually a light beer drinker generally, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's definitely not, I, I feel like not the same kind of light beer by uh, a regular, you know, because there's still the quite a bit of flavor here. Yeah, like I said, you have you have some corn, you have mm-hmm. some sweet. It's um, it's a flavorful beer, but it's not one that's going to fill you up, and it's right. not one that's going to get you uh, f- too irresponsible, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless you overindulge. Which, exactly. You know, exactly. We're, we're not promoting that here today. No, we are not. <laughs> I'm no, glad not. you liked it. I did. I did. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then, so moving on to tomorrow never dies. Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, Originally, the beer that I picked for Tomorrow Never Dies uh, is a beer called Qingdao, Mm -hmm. which is the second largest um, 
brewery or second largest by volume beer in China. Mm-hmm. Um, the largest one is a, is a beer called Snow, which is owned by the Chinese government. Right. Qingdao is independently owned, and it's the largest uh, uh, or the best selling Chinese beer in the American marketplace. Right. But I, one of the reasons why I picked Qingdao instead of Snow is because... I wanted to honor Wei Lin a little bit, mm-hmm. and she has kind of an independent streak. So of course, <laughs> Qingdao being independently owned as opposed to government owned, mm-hmm. I think it was a much better representation of right. Wei Lin. And I, one of the coolest characters in the series, I agree. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Wei Lin. <laughs> Me She's too. one of my favorite Bond girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michelle Yeoh. Period. <laughs> yes, Michelle Yeoh is a, is a powerhouse. Yes. So, like I said, this is uh, China's second largest brewery, but it's the best-selling Chinese beer in the United States. Mm-hmm. Probably of the beers that I'm talking about today, okay. this one is my favorite. Uh, this is a little bit more European in character. It's still a pale lager. Um, the Qingdao Brewery was actually founded by a German, hmm. so it's it has more in common with German beers than with American beers. Right. So that's where you get like that, that hop bitterness mm-hmm. uh, to this pale ale yeah. or, or pale lager rather. And it kind of works perfectly, right? Because you go in the film, you go from, you know, Germany to, you know, that's true. Yeah. So maybe we're, uh, we're representing uh, stamper and Waylon mm-hmm. here. All, but all in I, one beer. I, I was hoping to honor Waylon more so than stamper. Oh, absolutely. She's a much better character. I, the, I agree. There was another beer that um, I found when I was doing a little bit of, uh, uh, research and a little bit of shopping mm-hmm. on my way to uh, to meet with you. Mm-hmm. And this is a beer called uh, Saigon Export, mm-hmm. which I had never had before this afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it impressed me. Uh, it's another pale lager. Mm-hmm. This is the only Vietnamese beer available in the United States and the United Kingdom. Right. Thus, Export. Of course. It's the only one that's exported. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's another pale lager for an, an 4.9% alcohol mm-hmm. by volume but what really stood out to me with this one um i picked up on a little bit of clove flavor with mm-hmm. this one um and a little bit of nuttiness some spiciness spicier than i got than the some of that beers. too because and this was my second favorite of the ones you brought today. okay yeah. and and what also struck me uh, about this one was the quality of the glass mm-hmm. this was very thick very heavy glass yes very <laughs> and i think that's intentional i think that uh, is a good vessel for transportation. Absolutely. So, I mean, it, it has to survive the boat trip from mm-hmm. Vietnam to the yeah. United States. It's a long boat trip. It is. So they need to p- pack it in uh, much stronger containers than, mm-hmm. you know, Budweiser. Of course. Yeah, and, <laughs> and we felt the difference in weight between the two. And substantial. Super substantial. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, it's it's a, a much shorter trip from St. Louis to New York than yeah. it is from <laughs> Saigon to New York. So exactly. It needs to hold up a little bit better. Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. glad you like that. That one that was I did. that was one I haven't had before, and that's another one that uh, uses rice in the brewing process, mm-hmm. both as an adjunct to make it uh, a little bit lighter and a little bit more crisp, but also because it's made in Vietnam. Of course, <laughs> rice <laughs> being a stable crop in Vietnam, yes, it yes. makes sense. We have this here. Why not use it? Of course, absolutely. <laughs> so moving on to twine, the world is not enough. The world is not enough. I'm cheating um, <laughs> because I'm going to recycle a choice that. Uh, that appeared in our first mm-hmm. episode together yep. uh, when we discussed pairing beers with Bond films. So mm-hmm. I'm going to recycle a beer called F's, mm-hmm. which is the best-selling Turkish beer. Right. And the world is not enough, much like 
from Russia with Love mm-hmm. takes place in Istanbul. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if Bond was in Istanbul eating Donner kebabs, mm-hmm. he would be washing it down with this beer, which yeah. is another pale lager. Um, I, I I think I was quoted as calling it kind of like a Peroni light. Yes, um, I recall, yes. It's, mm-hmm. it's European in character, mm-hmm. but it's not strong or, or overpowering mm-hmm. at all. It's a, it's a pretty light... Pilsner beer, 5% alcohol by volume, uh, a very lacy head. It's sweeter than your Stella Artois, your Heineken, uh, you know, your, your typical European mm-hmm. lagers, but it's still kind of, um, it shares a lot of DNA with those right. beers. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I think you, I think you chose that one for, um, for much with love, if I recall. I did. Yeah. Yes. Be, be, because of the Istanbul setting. Uh, so yes, exactly. I don't know too much about, um, Russian or former Soviet bloc nation mm-hmm. beer culture. I don't know what they're drinking in uh, Kazakhstan. I don't know what they're drinking in <laughs> Azerbaijan. Mm-hmm. So I had to go with Turkey because yep. I'm a little bit more familiar with uh, with that, uh, being a little bit more European right. than, um, than the former Soviet bloc nations mm-hmm. are, just in character. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I I cheated and I'm I'm recycling F's. <laughs> it's okay. We, and we, I I, I mean I do I do like the beer. So <laughs> yeah, I know, and that's I, it's one I haven't tried. I've been looking for that one. I yeah, can't seem to find it. And I I was that's one of the ones that I was looking for today mm-hmm. to bring to sample with you. And right. uh, I guess they were sold out or or what? Because I found it. Mm-hmm. A number of times, it's not particularly difficult to find in a well-stocked. I mean, yeah. you won't find it in a supermarket, but. Uh, in a well-stocked beer liquor mm-hmm. package store, right. uh, depending upon what what state you live in, where mm-hmm. beer is sold, um, it's not that complicated to find. Right. Uh, so moving on to uh, the final film on our list for today, uh, Die Another Day. Die Another Day. I've got a few. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to cheat and use Qingdao <laughs> for this one. Which you told me could also work. It, it could yeah. work because of Mr. Chang and Peaceful Fountains of Desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's <laughs> that's too much of a cop-out. Plus, I need to introduce a little bit of diversity um, into these lists of beers. Because we're really we're talking about a lot of pale European lager, lighter beers. Which mm-hmm. I, I love and, and there's a reason why. Those are the most produced uh, beers in the world mm-hmm. just because they're very easy to drink. Right. They go with a lot of different types of food. Mm-hmm. They're not very easy to make, mm-hmm. but they're they're very consumable. Right. You can have several of them. Uh, they're not overbearing. They're not overpowering. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they're, they're very good with food. Yes. So the beer that I wanted to talk about um, with Die Another Day is a beer called Einstock Arctic Berry, hmm. which say that five times. Einstock, <laughs> which is a this is a, an Icelandic craft brewery, mm-hmm. well known for its Belgian wit style beers. Okay. So think you know like Blue Moon. Mm-hmm. They have a white ale that's excellent. I call it the Blue Moon Killer. It's a, <laughs> it's it's a re- meaning better than Blue Moon. Yes, okay. it's it's a very good Belgian wheat. <laughs> style beer and arctic berry mm-hmm. is also another uh wit beer that uh is their summer seasonal and what mm-hmm. a, a wit beer is is um an unfiltered beer made with like coriander and fruit and orange peel right so uh, when you think about blue moon and shock mm-hmm. top and beers beers like that that yeah. are american versions of this uh belgian european style mm-hmm. uh wit beer mm-hmm. so this is a hazy uh fruity sweet 
uh, ale as right. opposed to a lager, which we were talking about. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's two there's two types of beer. Yes. There's ale and lager, mm-hmm. and they're determined by how they're fermented. Mm-hmm. This is an ale as opposed to lagers, which we've been talking about um, all day. And I, the, yes. the word Einstock itself means one of a kind. It's hmm. like a, an Icelandic Viking term, which cool. I thought was pretty cool. I like that. And the, <laughs> similar to the Saigon export, this beer... Or all all of these Einstock beers um, come in very like thick, strong, hardy glass bottles, like a, a glass bottle that James Bond could turn into a weapon. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, so um, I, I I don't think Bond probably wasn't gravitating towards beer when he was in Iceland yeah. in Die Another Day. <laughs> he was drinking martinis because yeah. he wants plenty of ice. But it also looked really cold there, and when, yes. when it's that yes, cold, very cold. <laughs> I think I think he would have been better off going for like something hot, oh, I agree. or maybe a brandy or something <laughs> to warm him up, because uh, it looked uh, it looked awfully chilly in the, oh, absolutely. In the, in the ice palace. To Although the... I mean, maybe it's a natural cooler. So yeah, I mean, to the point where he needed to have basically like a heated like sweater, essentially to like you know dive. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. Every everything is insulated and yep. and uh, and artificially heated mm-hmm. to keep them alive exactly <laughs> an ice palace is such a treacherous place oh, absolutely absolutely especially with a whole room of lasers <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what Halle Berry probably could have used a cold one after that probably <laughs> probably probably she would have probably grabbed a bud yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true yes that, you know what I think if Jinx was drinking a beer she would probably pick a bud she probably would yeah. <laughs> Pam Bouvier, obviously. Does. Oh, obviously. And obviously. Pam Bouvier has better taste than Jinx. Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe people who prefer Pam Bouvier over Jinx have better taste. I don't mm-hmm. know. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, was it the last one? That... Yeah, that, oh, okay. that's uh, that's the last one. This is Einstock Arctic Berry, five point two percent alcohol by volume. Um, it smells and tastes like berries, mm-hmm. and and you can see even when you pour it that this is. A much hazier, cloudier beer, and um, you can you can almost see the the fruit influence mm-hmm. in it. I mean, all all wit beers are cloudy by nature, just because of how they're brewed and right. and things that are added into the brewing process. And and this one is certainly uh, of that nature, mm-hmm. of course. By the way, I, I have to say, as always, your notes are. You know, extensive. Oh dear! And <laughs> like I, I'm li- like 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 for those of us, the, those people who are listening, like yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I feel like I've 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 barely scratched the surface. <laughs> yes, and I, I think we'll have to do uh, more research if we ever decide to do something to expand off of all these. Yeah, I yeah. I think that that would be a really fun thing to Absolutely. look into in the future. Yeah, because this is a lot of fun. I, I enjoy doing this very yeah. much, and it was even more fun to actually like experience the beers before we talked about them. No doubt about it, and yeah. and. The last two episodes that we have done together, I have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's kind of sad when you know you go to the store and, <laughs> Not and, really. and buy a couple Come of sixes on. to drink by yourself to then hop on a Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more fun. What I'm saying is it's much more fun to be sitting across a table right. from you and sharing a drink together. Of course. Uh, breaking bread together. That, that's mm-hmm. really what beer is. Yeah, uh, At exactly. least to me, uh, beer is a very social mm-hmm. commodity. Beer is global. Beer is food. Exactly. Uh, it, it should be, you know, shared mm-hmm. and uh, it, and something that 
brings about conversation mm-hmm. and something that brings people together from all different walks of life. Right. Um, I, I could expound upon this for, for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so would you it's like me to stop you? Right the, <laughs> it's the great societal equalizer, you know? Exactly. Like, Absolutely. Pe- people from, from, any, uh, from any background, from any walk of life can sit down and enjoy a beer together mm-hmm. and uh, it facilitates conversation and friendship. And, exactly. and that is what we have accomplished hopefully here this evening. I think so. I think it has. has. Well, thank you, Kyle, for being my guest today. This was great fun. I look forward to having you on again soon for part four. Yes. Which will be our final part. Our final part. Yeah. Yeah, which... Which hopefully, let's knock on on wood knock here, on, yep. is going to include no time to die. Hopefully. And I, I think uh, our your listeners will be pleased to see how um, the beers of Bond kind of come full circle. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I will be posting Kyle's list of beers on our Instagram page soon. Uh, don't forget to check out Kyle on Instagram at uh, Easy Smiles and Expensive Watches, which he wore his a his expensive watch today to come see me. <laughs> one, uh, one one piece from the collection. Yes, yes. <laughs> I have on. Uh, this is radio, not television, but I, I am wearing the um, the No Time to Die Titanium Seamaster, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. I tried yes. it on; it's just incredible. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can also uh, catch Kyle on uh, future episodes of the From Taylors with Love podcast, which he does with uh, Matt Spazer and Pete Brooker. Yeah, I've done uh, I've done From Taylors with Love so many times at this point. I, f- I feel like I'm you know Joan Rivers filling in for Johnny Carson, <laughs> <laughs> which is never a bad thing. No. Really, not really. Like, uh, it's not permanent really permanent thing. guest host yes. of, uh, from Taylors with Love. I get you know. Gary Shandling, Jay Leno, those guys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> all, all classics. In there, right, yeah, sure. In there, right, yeah. So, we well, love you. We love you, Pete. Yes, we do. <laughs> and Matt. And, and Matt. Matt. Of course. Yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. You're great, great gents. And I'm always tickled when uh, when somebody such as yourself or, or Matt and Pete or the uh, – the guys over at Blood Instruments invite me onto their podcast because I love doing it. I love mm-hmm. talking Bond. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've made a lot of friends uh, through this yeah. shared hobby. It's wonderful. It is. A, it's absolutely wonderful. It really is. Yeah. Um, well, thank you again. And until next time, be well, be kind, and be Bond. Bye. <laughs>